I think I'm going to dabble in it, Liz. But <laughs> if you see me wearing the silver platform shoes, you might need to give me a talking to. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll, I'll calm you down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in Finding Your Shine. Welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. Today, we are talking to Alexia Montgomery, who is a phenomenal creative person um, that me and Liz met, man, like almost a year ago. In our side modeling other second life. Uh Uh-huh. In our fashion model life. We were secret Uh fashion models. You didn't know? No, they didn't know. But um, the... So currently, Alexia works at doing social media for Shop Happy Go Lucky, which is who we modeled for. And if you have not stopped by their boutique in the Short North, like please do because it is everything we want our homes and wardrobes to be. <laughs> exactly. It is adorable. And if you followed us back in October of last year, you probably saw us modeling. We had some photos of us on seat cushions and like meditation. In a coffee shop. (laughs) In a coffee shop, um, modeling some really nice clothing over at Shop Happy Go Lucky. I keep saying Shop Happy Go Lucky, but I think it's just Happy Go Lucky. And I oh, just, their like, Instagram handle shop, shop happy go. It's yeah, the thing, Instagram handles, Nina. I you know, know. they I, get me every in your time. head. They're in my head. Um, so in this episode, we talk a lot about creativity. And if you are like me at the moment and have so much creativity happening and you're not quite sure where to go, we talk a little bit about that. But also if you feel like you don't even know where to start when it comes to being creative, like where do you even begin? We talk about how to get started with that. And a lot of it, back to many of the conversations we've we've had is mindset. Yeah. So before we get started into the episode and talking all about creativity and living your most creative life and all the fun stuff that Alexia talks about, if you have not liked our Facebook page, we are now on Facebook at Finding Your Shine. And previously, um, we had a Wine and Shine Facebook page that was unable to transfer over with our new little pretty rebrand. So you might already like the Wine and Shine page. I'm just going to encourage you to also go find Finding Your Shine and like that page too. Um, We're going to be a lot more active on Facebook and our group is linked there also. So just a friendly reminder that Instagram isn't the only place we care about and to check out our Facebook page. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Hopping into this episode with Alexia Montgomery. Hey guys, so today we are talking with our friend Alexia, who we met after taking some photos at this adorable shop in the short north, um, yes. Happy Go Lucky. They have amazing clothing as well. And home decor. Home decor. Yeah. Sorry, I got really excited about that. I home know. Decor. You're like, and home decor. <laughs> Honestly, anything that I'd want to put in my apartment is the style of Happy Go Lucky. It really is. Um, and so Alexia does the social media for them. And so she contacted us. We modeled some clothes very well, I would say. I think so. I mean, I am like the least from a model that 
there is. Um, and it was really fun. And we got to talking to her about how creative she is. And you were just a really cool person to get to know. So we're really happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Hello, hello. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, your story. What do you have going on? So I just moved to Columbus um, in December. Um, from Cincinnati. I lived in Cincinnati for like seven years. Um, and while living in Cincinnati, I had my hands in like a lot of um, the fashion scene, I guess. So, you know, I was working at, I started at American Apparel and I was like working at some like local boutiques and things like that and got really into the fashion scene and also like the social media aspect of like marketing that kind of like went with that got really into like shooting, um, on screen and behind the camera kind of thing. So, um, yeah. And then I, uh, did social media for the art Academy of Cincinnati for like a year, which was like so fun. It was like really, really creative content to get to work with. Um, so I just kind of started getting like into like the digital world more with that. And then moving to Columbus in December, I've just been freelancing. So I've just been kind of like trying to get as involved in the social media scene as possible with lots of different people. Working at Happy Go Lucky has been so fun and getting to do their social media and help with events and marketing and PR and all of those kinds of things. But it was definitely so fun to do all of those blogger collaborations and to bring in all of like the local Columbus bloggers and get to meet them. And it was a really good way for me to kind of like get started here in the new city was to like meet mm-hmm. those um, fashion bloggers and people who are like really influential in that kind of scene here. So uh, me and Liz are totally fashion bloggers. Well, you guys we, are bloggers. I mean, you have a podcast, you have an audience. It totally counts. Yeah. But yeah, it was like really, it was a really good way to get started and it's been a lot of fun. So, so how do you, when I think, so when I think of like social media for business, I think this transition that has been, I think, pretty recent from, okay, we're going to put out like a corporate message to we're going to have an online persona. Like that's sort of a new thing. Yeah. So how do you bring creativity and fun to a business account, let's say, while still getting out the message that you want to get out? Are you asking for a friend, Liz? Are you asking? No. I mean, (laughs) it could be anyone. I meant like, quote unquote, a friend because I know with her financial coaching. She's like, what the F do I put on my Instagram? No, like, how do I make it fun? There's like, you have two points. You have like, you want to keep it creative and engaging for people, but you also like, you do ultimately have a message you want to put out there. Totally. I mean, it can be for a friend, Nina, but... <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I think that like, obviously the point of doing social media for a business is marketing, right? So you're trying to market, you're trying to expand your outreach and your audience and, you know, either sell something or drive traffic to a website or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you want to keep it creative. You want to keep it um, interesting. And I think the best way to balance those two goals is to keep it personable and keep it authentic. Um, you, you want to put as much like personal content as possible. Like you want to show, um, real people doing real things, talking about real thing and not so, you know, you don't want to make it look like it's a robot. That's just like talking to you kind of thing, you know? 
Because nobody resonates with that. They want to be like, oh, that person's like me. Oh, they can help me because they they get it. They are exactly in my shoes. Exactly, exactly. So just keeping it like conversational and just real is like the best way to keep it like creative and authentic, but then also like accomplish your goal of marketing. So I think that's so important too with like, obviously a local business, like a local boutique, something really small, like what you do with Happy Go Lucky. Like that just makes a lot of sense to me that you'd have to go that route. Yeah. Um, but what have you found like in sort of that small little boutique fashion world? Mm-hmm. Like give us, I'm, I'm always curious about how, I don't know, how boutiques work or like how, I don't know. I think those little stores are very interesting. Yeah. The process of the yeah. little boutique. Yeah. So um, Happy Go Lucky was started by a woman named Debbie. And it was just like a really cool creative project that she completely conceptualized herself. And she, the store manager's name is Cass. It's Debbie's niece. So it's kind of like a family business, I guess. Um, and they go to lots of shows like all over the country. Country. So they'll go to Vegas, they'll go to New York, they'll go to LA um, and do like all of the buying and stuff like that. And it's really interesting. I've learned that they actually go and do the buying for these things like two seasons ahead of time. No oh, way. Yeah. So like they're already, they've already ordered at this point, like their inventory for spring 2019 trends. And it's Wait, like, how do you know? How yeah, do you I've always know? That? Right, exactly. <laughs> so they're like, they have to stay like so far ahead of like anything that you're even seeing right now. They're already like two seasons ahead of you. They've already like been there and like ordered it and saw what the trends are going to be and stuff. So I think like their their biggest like uh, strategy there is to just like keep like it going, you know, like stay ahead of the game kind yeah. of thing and like get all of the cool stuff that's like going to be next and up and coming. So here's my question. How, okay. You know how people say, oh, fashion starts in um, Europe or whatever. Where does, I mean, where does it originate and how, cause I always hear like America's so far behind. Well, what's the truth? It originates with Miranda Priestley from the Devil Wears Prada and Meryl Streep tells everyone what to buy. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Is that, I was like, is that fact? I would know nothing. No, have you not seen the Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, a long time ago. It's one of those movies that like literally anytime it's on the TV, I will drop everything I'm doing and watch the, the whole rest of the movie. Like, yeah, I, I, I saw it a really long time ago. I mean, I obviously know Meryl Streep's not like dictating the fashion world. I she was just should. Like, <laughs> I was just like, is that sort of how it actually works? Like, is it a system so like funny. that? That's all I know. That's so funny. I mean, I definitely think you're right. Like that Europe um, is always like ahead of the game. We're like a little bit behind them. And also like Asia, like Tokyo and Japan and like uh, South Korea and like those kinds of places, like their fashion industries are booming. And I I see like a lot of that influence coming, but we get it like a lot later. Mm. But obviously it's coming from like the biggest cities in the US, you know, like New York and LA or like the latest kind of things, which is why the biggest buying shows are going to be in those cities. And that's why, you know, they go to those ones specifically so that they can see the the best of the best. So can we talk about Target's new line of clothing? that focuses on like 90s grunge, which I partially like. 
But I was there the other day and they had these platform, like silver platinum rainbow shoes. Yeah. Sorry if you own them. Maybe if you do, you can talk to me about them. I feel them. like that's the kind of thing, like if you look at Alexia's Instagram, like, <laughs> I might see that on there. She would, she'd be the one to rock them and yeah. she would look really dumb. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I tried that, I would look ridiculous. If I tried on most of the clothes there, I would look ridiculous. Although I will say I bought in like a lot of cute crop tops. I'm totally into like bringing back some acid wash jeans, some like rips and tears. I'm all into that, but I can't, I don't know if I can get with the... There's pop. a line. <laughs> yeah. There's a line drawn for me. So, but do you know much about this trend? This, like, Scrunchie, I don't know. Yes. Oh my gosh, she is. She's wearing a platinum scrunchie. <laughs> I love it. Do you own the shoes? No, I don't own the shoes, but I have a pair of black platforms. They're like 90s black sandals. So I don't oh, remember. Nice. I remember platforms being a thing. Like, do you guys remember the white? They were white and they had a, like a thick two inch platform around the whole thing. They weren't anything crazy. They were just like a solid white tennis shoe with a platform. Vaguely. Okay, I wore those all the time. <laughs> I don't remember these platform shoes that are out now. Were they a 90s thing? I mean, I think so, yeah. I mean, there was like the jelly platforms, like the mm-hmm. little heel, and I love those. And I mean, I remember about- they're like Spice Girls. Like, didn't the Spice Girls have those giant platforms? For yeah. Sure. Like, a la 1997 ish. Yes. So are you all about that coming in, that trend coming in? I am all about the 90s. I mean, I was like really young during the 90s. So that was kind of like my childhood decade. So it's like... Wait, how old are you? I'm 23. Oh my gosh. Shit. How old right now? Like me, you know, like that's when all of my favorite things were like happening. I have a pair or a set of hanging beads in my apartment right now that are like rainbow hanging beads with like dolphins on them. Oh my God. it's funny because yeah. your age, so you in the 90s, you were just being born. <laughs> me, and Liz, me and Liz are at least in like elementary middle school, school. Yeah. and then middle school because yeah. we were born in 88, 89. Yeah. So truly we're growing up in the 90s. I, yeah. I'm all about it. I love the 90s. I, I literally have like seven scrunchies. I have the platform sandals. Like I love the yeah. plaid that's coming out with like the grungy plaid with the yellow and like... Yeah. I'm into the grungy a little bit. You also are wearing a choker right now. Yeah, super nice. <laughs> and the hoops. I used to rock those hoops all the time. You know what? I think I'm going to dabble in it, Liz. But if you see me wearing the silver platform shoes, you might need to give me a talking to. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll calm you down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I do think it's interesting though, because the 90s, like, I feel like just because the other decades have been around longer, like we've seen the 80s come back. We've seen the 70s, 60s. I feel like this is the first time like noticing, like as I've seen high schoolers in particular, like rocking the 90s stuff that I'm probably too old to rock myself. No, no not at all. No, no, no. I would never wear a crop top. There's no way. I But the crop tops are with high-waisted jeans. See, here's, that's the thing. Like I'm rocking crop tops, but my jeans are covering the belly button. So you don't really see anything. We'll see, maybe. But I think it's <laughs> the first time I've noticed like 90s coming back around because it's still kind of a baby decade, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in terms of time. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. Um, 
As far as like creativity goes, I mean, fashion is one of your elements that I was on your website and it's like you have photography, you have fashion, you have art. Um, and you talked to us a little bit about going to school for art, correct? So, and design. Well, I grew... I, I've done a few different things, I guess. I grew up going to a performing arts school. So I went to a school for performing and visual arts the first 12 years of my life in Canton, Ohio. And I was... A, Wait a second. Wait, time out. Wait, we haven't talked about this before. I what? moved up no. near Akron. So like, that's not far away. I what don't school know. did you go to? Okay, so originally it was called Pleasant View School for the Arts, but that school has since been knocked down and closed down. And the arts department mm-hmm. has been incorporated into Glen Oak High School and Plain Local School. Yeah, so okay. they have like a whole art system. Yeah. But I started at Pleasant View and then I like went through all the, the grades. <gasps> I think I remember, I don't remember when the school got knocked down, but I think I remember a couple of my friends coming from that school. And of course I became immediately best friends with them and like grew up. (laughs) Like, you from the art school, let's be friends. And I was jealous that I didn't go to the art school. Like naturally I would have gone to the art school, but I did take vocational at Glen Oak and I took dance and prepped for musical theater auditions my senior year of high school. Yeah. So... Like Pleasant View was such an amazing opportunity to just like get to go there. It was, there was so much talent in that school. It was part of the public school program. So it wasn't like a private school or anything like that. It was like, you got in if you wanted to go and you had to do like an audition. But if they saw like any Mm -hmm. kind of potential in you, you know, you could do it. And they had Mm -hmm. all departments, you know, there was visual arts, there was dance, there was theater, there was all kinds of music. There was, you know, singing and band and orchestra. Go Canton. All of these things and so much talent. And they like, I remember we did like musical theater productions with the Cleveland Opera. Like these professionals came down and like collaborated with us. And like, you know, we got so much hands-on experience with like in different industries and stuff. And it was, it's really, really great. And I, I think that they still do a good job of like doing all of those like things now that the program is incorporated with plain local schools. So it's, it's pretty awesome. And then living in Cincinnati, I saw that they have SA, which is like the Cincinnati's performing arts school. I know a lot of people that graduate from there, like make it big time. So these like art schools are like doing some really, really amazing things. So I moved to Cincinnati originally to go to the University of Cincinnati for college. And I started out as a fashion design major at DAP. And then I like didn't know what I wanted to do. I started college when I was 17 and I was confused. And I was, I don't know. So I, I 180'd into a neuroscience degree and I ended up graduating from mm, college wow. with a neuroscience degree, which is like totally opposite. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but while I was in college going to school for that, I was like getting a lot of um, experience with like, I guess, more artistic projects in art, like the artistic industry and scene outside of school because of the jobs that I was working and friends that I were make, was making like downtown and like doing collaborative things and what have you. So even though I was going to school for science, I was still very immersed in like the artistic culture and community and in, in, like going on in downtown. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated, Graduated from UC, I moved into OTR, which is downtown. And, you know, I was still very involved with like local boutiques and started doing social media and doing these collaborative things with people on shooting and doing um, the social media for the Art Academy of Cincinnati, which was like a, a great way to kind of like be 
become even more immersed into Cincinnati's artistic culture and community. So it just kind of happened that way. It's kind of funny how life works that way, how like, you know, I went to school for a school for the arts. And then even though I went to college for science, I still gravitated towards the artistic community and still was like, you know, had this like attraction with people with like friends and stuff that were like very artistic and yeah. kind of happened that way. So I'm grateful for the universe for like working. It's magic like that and kind of like letting things happen the way they're supposed to, but definitely ended up back how it was supposed to be. But I did start a, a master's program for design at DAP um, after a few years off of school. And I did it for a semester, but I decided that it wasn't the best decision for myself. It was very, um, it was very corporate leaning, the program, and it wasn't um, as expressive as I was like hoping it was going to be. And I just, I'm a little, I have a lot of color to me, I guess. And I, it's hard for me sometimes to like tone that down. So it wasn't, it wasn't enough. I think. I was going to say, I think I remember, was that the program you were talking about when we first had met and you were, I'm not sure if I want to do it. Then yeah. you made the decision to do it, but for a semester. Yeah. So I did it for a semester and then they had given me the option to go back if I wanted to or not, but I I haven't decided to like, you know, to go commit. back and commit. Yeah. Cause I just, I, I like um, freelancing. I, I think it gives me the space to be expressive and kind of create my own world the way that I wanted to. Yeah. So I, I like what's going on right now. So I'm obviously like, because I have a master's degree and I'm like a huge advocate for education, but I think this is an example of like, there's so much going on in the way of people making their own way in the world and kind of charting these new territories that really aren't outlined in like a degree track. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of like kind of sounds like you're making your own path in terms of the knowledge that you're getting through collaborations and learning from other people that I I personally think is more useful when you're kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. But I'm with you because I think that's where we're heading. Yeah. I all of us that have gone to school and got and have gotten degrees, I don't think they're a waste by any means because I used it at a time or like used at a time, but it seems like I'm learning more by getting out there and meeting people and opening up my creative brain. Like the more I start doing things creatively, the more opportunities start arising and the more I start growing. And I find now that all I keep saying is like, Cody, I want to perform and I want to do this and I want to do that. But I also want to coach on this side. Like I want to do all... And I have all these possibilities in my mind now. And it's like, well, I have... It's open. Like I can just go whatever route I want and see what happens. I love that we're talking about this because I feel like I have this conversation with people often that I am like you, Liz. I have like a a passion for education. I think that like Mm -hmm. it's so important and that it does open a lot of doors and I I love education for what it is. And I always thought thought, like for sure I was going to get my PhD. Like that was like what I wanted to do or like, you know, be a doctor of some kind. The more that I immerse myself in creative projects and kind of how you were saying, like get yourself out there and do these collaborative things, the more doors open and the more you learn and the more you grow. And Mm -hmm. it just is like a ripple effect, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to school and be within this structure like that because I like the way that this is just naturally free flowing for me. But I love school. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I feel like traditional education hasn't caught up with the shift yet. Yeah. No. Like, and I don't know 
if it intends to or I don't like, know what the answer is. Yeah, how long that takes. I mean, like, I'm not the kind of person, I actually had this talk with my sister recently. Like, if we have kids, like what our viewpoint is on education and how do you steer them? And it's like, we were talking a lot about how underrated like technical colleges are and community college. Yeah. And like, it's just, I think education is shifting mainly because the cost of that traditional degree, like, or degrees is so high that people are A, kind of seeing through it and B, getting creative with how to like find happiness in other ways. I was going to say, I was going to say, do you think the workforce is changing a little bit too? So as we get older, I've seen this in the generations a little bit younger than us. Like um, I'm the oldest of 13 cousins. So now I'm starting to see a shift in the way some of their minds work too in the education system and like how they want to live their lives and what they want to do for their you know, jobs once they get out of school. But Liz, like I've been thinking about that too. And I, with my kids in the future, I'm not going to say like, don't go to college. I mean, obviously I being in education, in education, I am also a huge advocate and believe in, you know, school and whatever. But at the same time, if they choose not to do that, I feel like I have a different, I'll be very open to the possibility of like, okay, Maybe that isn't the right path for you. You know, maybe wow. this is the right path for some people and not the right path for others. And there's other ways now that we can get what we want and be successful. Yeah. yeah. My girlfriend and I have had that conversation before also. Like, would we raise our kids to like feel like they had to go to school? Because we were both raised that way. We were both first mm-hmm. generation college graduates. So it was like where, where we Me came too. from, it was like you're going to college, you know, definitely yeah. going to college. And that wasn't even an option. But I know a lot of creatives that didn't go to school and they're very successful, very talented, and they just hustle. You know, they've gotten out there and they meet people and they work and they just say, do it, you know? So I don't know what the right answer is with that. And like, I think technology is changing it a lot too. Oh yeah, because you can work from anywhere. You can do whatever Mm -hmm. you want via the internet. I will say the good thing about college is it forces us as like newly, what, 17, 18 year olds to do something new. So it gets you out of your comfort zone if you choose to go somewhere other than your hometown. And or I mean, it's one excuse to leave home and then you meet new people there and the people you meet there. So in my responsibilities that you've never had before. Right. And so unless we're like sort of going to change the way we reframe that, like, okay, you're done with you're schooling now, where are you going to go to start your next phase of your life? Because I think it's important. And I think college was an excuse for the majority of us to do that. Even though I'm not using my education degree right now, the people I've met and the person I am today is because of Otterbein. Like I feel like half the reason I am the way I am is because of the people I met at school. I like that you Uh said that because I feel like I grew so... Like going to school, like going to college, I like moved to Cincinnati, right? And then and going to school at the University of Cincinnati, I feel like I got so much like personal growth and personal knowledge through this being in that city more than even going yeah. to school. Like, you know, just like immersing myself in this big city that was much bigger than where I grew up. And like people were moving a lot faster and doing a lot bigger things. And I learned so much just from Cincinnati in general. Well, we grew up in the same area. Yeah. I didn't know you were from Canton, Ohio mm-hmm. until just now. Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati 
is a huge difference. And me and Liz went to Otterbein's. We were in a suburb of Columbus, but we still got to dabble in the city when we wanted to. It was to. like, yeah. it was before Uber. Like you had to like uh, coordinate getting downtown or yeah. to Ohio was State or whatever. Was there a bus? <laughs> there wasn't a bus from Westerville to downtown. There probably was. We just didn't know how to get there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We didn't but, know. <laughs> but even going to... Uh, Otterbein, uh, being a liberal arts school and exposing myself to a wide variety of artistic people (laughs) of all, you know, whatever diversity, that was, that was something new in itself. And if I just stayed where I was, I don't even know my, your mind just can't grow. You can't learn about new things or like learn about different types of people. I mean, it's not going to happen if you just stay in the same place. Yeah. Have you read, I'm curious, have you read the, the, Big Magic Big by Elizabeth Gilbert. No, I don't think so. <sighs> okay, well, read it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's all about... It's a great Assignment. book. Um, it's all about living a creative life without like... It's ways to bring creativity into your life without maybe like quitting everything and being like, I'm a creative 100%, yeah. which is like, I know you are a creative pretty much 100%. But how would you recommend something like that for anyone that's listening. Maybe that's like, I want to be more creative. I want to like, maybe it's doing some kind of photography or Mm -hmm. side modeling or whatever it is to create cool content um, without saying, okay, I'm going to drop everything and like change my life trajectory and just be a wandering creative now. I love that question because I even struggle with that and have struggled with that in the past where it's like, I feel so overwhelmingly inspired that I feel like I just don't have enough like resources to like get it out of my system and I need to just like run away and like do something completely new. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I, what I've learned is that it's like all about mindset and it's not necessarily about yeah. like finding something new or doing even something new. It's just about like changing your perspective on what you already are doing. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I already, you know, it could be a task as simple as like doing my dishes. But if you're like, I I have this creative energy right now, I'm going to do my dishes in like this weird way. You know, it's just like, you can change anything. Like you can change a routine or a pattern or make any like task that you have, even if you have like a job that you think is kind of getting like boring or something like I think you can approach it with like a new mindset and like a new creative perspective and like find a way to like alternate that into like a creative space if that makes sense <laughs> well whenever no that. 100% because whenever you're making a shift from your routine your brain has to think creatively yeah. mm-hmm. and i noticed it's funny that you said that because i today i had to open up the yoga studio at 5:15 a.m. And I was like, that's way too early. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. But I was like, I think I have a story in my head that I don't like getting up early or that I have a story in my head that I don't like having to be somewhere right away. And I think that comes from school. Just feeling the pressure of, I have to get up. I have to be there. I have to teach first period at 7.30 a.m. And it was like this looming feeling a little bit. And I think we can get into that with any sort of work. And then I noticed like, oh, it's happening now. So like I'm opening up a yoga studio at 5.15 and I'm still like, I don't want to get there at 5.15. Or I am doing a photo shoot tomorrow and it's like kind of looming over my head because it's at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so I was like, okay, what if I just change my thought process on this? What if I just decide that it's not a big deal? And so I went to bed and I kind of thought about 
what am I going to wear tomorrow? I'm going to... I wash my face. I'm just going to put on clothes, head out. And I reframed it. And I woke up this morning and I wasn't like tired. I was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go in. Yeah. I was like, so I made myself... I pretended like I was going to like it. Yeah. And so I'm going to experiment with this idea for a little bit. Don't quote me on it, but I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get creative with the fact that I enjoy having something to do right away when I wake up type of deal. I love that you called it like reframing it. Like that is yeah. a perfect way to describe it. You can like, you know, reframe absolutely anything and it can become like the most positive experience or the most creative experience or whatever. You know. Yeah. I'm like the biggest believer in power of mind. And I think that you can like make anything, anything just by like, mm-hmm. like wanting it to be that way. So I think people think that's not true, but it just takes hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes practice. Well, you have it's another to, habit. It's another there's habit. action with it too. Like exactly. you have the mindset, but then there's actions that come as a result of the mindset shift. So it's not just like, I'm going to think this way and then it's just going to magically happen. It's like you're exactly. subconsciously taking steps to make that happen. Yeah, I'm really big on like manifestation. So like I like think and I try to do it like in present tense. So I write a lot. And I think a lot in like present tense of like what I want it to be right now and what it is right now. And like, I think it, the more I think that way, the more things become that way. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So it's just like, if I say like, this is fulfilling me or like, this is really creative or this is my creative expression or this is the way it is. It just, it happens, you know? Exactly. And even though I may not be the best morning person ever. I'm not really saying to myself, like, I love mornings. (laughs) I am a morning person. Yeah, because your brain will know the... Like, your subconscious will know you're full of garbage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just saying maybe there's a possibility that waking up tomorrow won't kind of suck. Like, that's just kind of starting the process or imagining yourself doing it and not disliking it. Imagine yourself enjoying the process of it, I think sort of tricks your body and your mind too. I definitely agree that I don't think that you can like lie to yourself. You can't like make yourself like enjoy something that you just definitely don't. But Mm -hmm. you are definitely in control of like being able to change it or like make it into what you want it to be. So... Yeah. I think that there's a place for mantras and affirmations. And then sometimes when you're at an extreme where that's not going to work at the, you know, because it's like that extreme of a belief that you have, don't get down on yourself if the mantra or the affirmation isn't working. Just like take the next baby step up. And then eventually you might be at the place where you are able to sort of convince yourself like, oh, I love doing this or I'm good at this or I like this. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case may be. So I do have a selfish question because... So I don't know if you know, I, so I moved from Columbus like this summer to up near Akron. Okay. And I know that you moved recently from Cincinnati to Columbus, like in the last year. So how do you, I'm always interested in people's transitions to new cities just because I think moving is so fascinating and fun and has like different stories for everyone that does it. How did you get involved in the creative scene in Columbus, how did you start forging those new connections? Mainly because I've really not been able to do that in Akron. Because <laughs> it's a lot smaller and harder. I always use the same thing. The thing that I'm the best at, it's social media. That's just 
Mm. how I do everything. That's how I connect with everybody. It's how I meet people. That's how I like, you know, just everything. Like I'll find, I just like jump into like the Columbus social media scene, you know, look through Instagram, look through Facebook, look through Twitter, look through like the biggest things going on in the city and just like find cool events to go to and people that I want to connect with. You have to put yourself out there. Like you said, that's so hard sometimes. I keep looking for like, Akron bloggers and like I feel like the pool is just a lot small. I'm not like I don't know what hashtags to search or like I'm trying to find influencers or people that are doing creative things that I like yeah. don't know where to Have find you gone them. Gone to Eventbrite yet, Liz? No. If you go to Eventbrite, there might be people posting events like because that's what I post my events on, and you might find like you can just search Akron or Ken yeah. or wherever. That's a new one. I'll just do that. Yeah. I always- I say Instagram is like the best tool for that, but I also think it depends on like what exactly you're looking for. But I think if you're looking for like bloggers and influencers and Instagram, Instagram is a good tool for that for sure. I'm, I love Instagram. So it's been like, that's how we've met almost everyone we've had on the show. I would Truly. say through Instagram. That's how we met you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Proof. <Like>, totally. <laughs> yeah. You like reached out. I don't know. I think, did you reach out? I think you reached out to us. Mm-hmm. After the, the shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how we met. And it's the coolest thing. I mean, you think it, I'm about to host an event with some friends um, called IRL. Okay. It's in the planning process in real life. And we're going to talk about bringing together all of the people we've met via Instagram and get them all in one room. That's cool. By the way, you can come. Oh. It's going to be here in Columbus. Okay. Like, you can come to the event. Okay. Um, it's not... We're not... You know, don't even have a date set yet. But I just think it's so cool that in this day and age, we can make friends over the internet yeah. and then have you have so much in common. We've talked about this before. It's like online dating, it but is, for friendship. It's funny. I actually met my girlfriend on an app too. So... Like, you did? Yeah. <laughs> Was I, it on Bumble? Um, we met on her. It's like a dating app for women. Um, oh. but it's really cool. Yeah, I just like submitted our story to them online. So hopefully they'll like post it. So <laughs> you're gonna be famous. <laughs> yeah, I the more I talk to people that are recently together or getting married, the more people are like, oh, we met on a dating app. I'm like, don't be ashamed of it. Oh, I guess yeah. everybody's meeting everybody now. Yeah. yeah. If you don't... We're the same way. We're like, how did we meet? Like, we're telling people we like don't want to admit it. But at the same time, it's really common. Like, one of my best friends just got married and she met her husband on OkCupid. Like, they, yeah. it's just a thing. I don't know. It's where we are yeah. now. I feel like too, like, I remember... Oh, I'm trying to remember if OkCupid... Was that a website... First, back in the day, I remember like dating websites were just becoming popular, like maybe like our end of match.com or something. Well, like I feel like match.com was like for the adults, and then there was um, OkCupid, and I'm trying to think of there were like some younger ones. There was a Greek one because we tried to hook up this, you know, with some Greeks. (laughs) We did. I remember that. I made her username because she sings opera. I made her username Pavarotti Hottie, but I spelled Pavarotti wrong and she hated me. You spelled something wrong? I did. Who are you? That's something I I would do. I I always see those commercials for the farmers one. There's like a farmers. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
they're everywhere. Like if you want to find a match, just go to the internet. There will be a site for you. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the whole idea of being creative, when you have so many different outlets to be creative, and I'm finding this to be a challenge in my life right now, how do you choose where to focus your energy? Because I am... I think I'm crazy sometimes. I'll be like, I want to do this, but now I want to do this, but now I'm feeling really inspired to do that. And I struggle with like, girl, pick a thing. I struggle with that every single day. Like I am like, I literally feel crazy all the time because I just have like 12 things running through my head. And then if you give me five minutes, it'll be 12 different things. (laughs) Yeah. It's that quick too. And I, I feel like I get inspiration everywhere and constantly. And it's just like, I'm always doing a lot of things. And I, I definitely always have like, maybe like seven things like you know, 20% started. <laughs> and then I either That's like me. Oh. don't ever touch it again, or it takes me six months to go back and touch it again or something like I, I think I struggle with that so much. And I think most creatives struggle with that a lot. Yeah. I think if you are truly a creative person, you just like, that's just how, what happened. So, so then I just you have to find I don't know if it's true. I just had a theory. I wonder if creatives don't finish things because that means like the process is over. Like if you always Mm. keep it open, then you never have to say goodbye to it. You know? Yeah. Well, it is true that like artists, like their projects are never finished, right? Like I don't think you could ever like approach an artist and like have them say, this is done. Like no matter what it is. Like even if it's a musician, I feel like, they release singles and they release albums and things, but like to them, they would sit in that studio and keep like revising weeks and revising forever. Like yeah. it's never going to be finished. And I think mm-hmm. that I feel that way about a lot of stuff I do. And I just kind of like hit a point where I'm just like, I just need to like put it, I just like need to put it out there. Like, you know, but it's not done, done. And I probably could keep sitting on it forever, but it's hard. It's like, how do you know, like when to, cut the cord kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I think even running your own business, you're using so much creative energy. Like, how can I make this better? What can I do? What other forms of content can I create? And yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then at some point, you have to stop proofreading and stop thinking and stop, you know, doing your research. And you just got to put something out into the world. Yeah. And then you learn from that. So yeah. then put it out into the world and then you'll learn from that. And then you'll develop something else. Yeah. And yeah, it's just about like... Like you said earlier, Liz, you just got to do it. You just got to put the action behind the creative ideas, I think. Totally. Yep. But there are some people, I bet, and I've been there myself, where you're like, I don't have any creative ideas. So good for you for having so many. But I don't. don't. (laughs) And I don't know where to turn next. And so I know I have advice to that. But what's your advice for somebody that's like, I don't know where to start because they don't have a thought in my head to begin anything. Wow. So I used to think that like I had to really outsource for inspiration. Like I feel like me a few years ago, I was always like trying to find inspiration for something. Like I felt like I had to like 
take a trip really far away or like look at things from far away or like see something new for that inspiration. But I think what I've learned is that I can literally get inspiration from things that are right in front of me and things that I see every single day. So how did you start to get inspiration from those things? Did you just have to make an I just had to choice make, like, to a, notice? Yeah, it? I just had to like make that like mental note to myself that like I didn't have to try so hard to be looking for it it was already like present. It was already right Mm. in front of me. It's like kind of the same thing that I was saying about making things creative, right? It's like, you don't have to search for something new to make creative. It's like already the opportunity is right in front of you. And like, I guess it Mm -hmm. took me a really long time to even realize that like those things were already like right in front of me. But now it's like, I can go anywhere and just like feel like I'm surrounded by inspiration all the time. And it's a muscle. Yeah. Like you train that muscle. It's true. The more, I think the more creative energy that you use and the more inspiration that you pull, like the more it just like starts flowing and then the like exactly. flows and flows and flows. Yeah. One thing that I have done, like at least this isn't a work setting and I think you could probably apply it to other things. Like I will take a problem that I have or something that I'm trying to creatively solve, I guess, or like some kind of content I want to put out there. And I think we can get really stuck in looking at things through the same lens because we have our experiences day in, day out. We can get really in the weeds. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll try to sometimes look at like other industries or other people and try to put myself in their shoes and say like, okay, like I have this creative problem. How would like Silicon Valley tackle this? Like how would an app developer look at this problem? Or how would a photographer look Mm -hmm. at you know, this thing I'm trying to, you know, sometimes it's more applicable than other times, but I'll sort of try to put on other people's shoes and have it inspire me that way. I guess when you can't find it in yourself, it's a, that's a really good practice or mind tool to say, okay, I'm not me right now. How would so-and-so look at this? Or what would so, what would so-and-so do? Mm-hmm. In this situation where they want an outlet, what might what might my friend do? And then try that on for size. And if it doesn't work for you, try something else on for size. And then if that doesn't work for you, try something else. I mean, we're here to be creative, inspired beings, so we're bound to find something that's going to work yeah. for us. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, I hate that. Like, I feel like all this talk of creativity. I feel like we're. I look back at what I was like as a kid, which was frankly pretty weird because I was super creative and Yeah, and brilliant. Smart. Like we all were. Like, and I get kind of sad that we lose some of that part of us just from Influence. focusing on things that really aren't as important. Like we all had this childhood creativity and wonder. And how do we reconnect with that as adults when we have like pay your bills and you know like we family drama let, and all the other stuff that's kind of hitting us in the face we have to stop using our logical brain sometimes and that's hard because it's every against everything we were trained to do mm-hmm. i feel so passionately about like really really young artists and like child's or children's creativity like when i go to the art museum and they have like the room where they display like little kids art that's always like my favorite mm-hmm room because I feel like there's like the most inspiration there than like any of them. It's just so organic and it's like they don't even think about it. It just like spills out of them and it's like so mm-hmm. uninfluenced and it's just fresh and like oh I love it so much. But it's true it's like so hard to like get into that mindset of like just turning your brain off and just like letting it come out like that. 
I have this belief that our creativity is stifled once we realize that we have an ego or once our ego starts speaking up because creativity is so tied to who you are. Like when you have a creative idea, like that is you. And it's so vulnerable. And the first time somebody shuts that down or discredits it or whatever, you you think... And especially when you're a child because you don't understand. You think like, I'm bad or I'm not good at this or whatever. I'm and not creative, which I right. feel like a lot of adults, if you ask them, they're exactly. like, oh, I'm just not creative. But you are. <laughs> yeah. You shut off that you shut that off completely. And I remember in art class, I was like in kindergarten or something. And I like my artist, my art teacher told me that it was bad. Like whatever I did was bad. I had the same thing happen. And, and now look at both of us. We're like, we can't do art. We're bad at it. Well, I am bad at it. <laughs> See, I'm, I am bad at it. But I remember her telling me that it wasn't very good or I got a bad grade on it or something. And after that, I was like, well, I'm not an artist. I can't do it. Wow. I've never heard That's anybody so say that like perspective before, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. So much sense. I think it happens a lot with with musicians, singers mm-hmm. specifically. Well, Liz, you had an experience with that, right? When you auditioned for something. Yeah, I sang in... I sang classical music in middle school in front of like middle schoolers, which I think you can guess how that went. Because like... At the time, I was in a really prestigious choir and I was learning all these classical songs that I thought were beautiful and I wanted to share. And of course, all my classmates were like, you're weird and laughed at me. And I was like, oh, I guess I guess people laugh at you when you sing. I'm going to just like be quiet and quiet and hide now so people don't, you know, make comments. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like the thing where people always say like parents or something like don't necessarily always support like an artistic child in that way they like you know yeah mm-hmm. and that's so true I mean that just makes sense it's like if you tell a child that they can't do that or that they're not good at that or whatever then of course they're going to feel that way mm-hmm. I feel like this goes for adults too in that like just thinking of like a takeaway or something I'm kind of wanting to implement I feel like if we see other people's creative projects like don't poo-poo them because I feel like that can still happen anytime you're putting something out there like and someone poo-poo yeah. Um, yeah I just said poo-poo as an adult as an almost 30 year old that's right them. um No, I think anytime someone's putting something out there and maybe we think we're helping by adding a critique or Mm. maybe there are trolls, whatever, I think you can still be stifled. People are still constantly like trying to put themselves out there in some creative way or another. And we can still, as adults, even do that to other adults. Oh, yeah. Not just children. Yeah, 100%. Because we're so judgy. Yeah. Putting (laughs) your art out there is like so scary. Like... I am the most sensitive person when it comes to anything creative that I do. And I think I do a good job of like pretending like I'm not, but really I am. Yeah. Go home and I cry. You know what I mean? But I think most creatives are that way. Like they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're putting something that you pull from inside out, no matter what, how, what form it's in, and if somebody like you know says something negative about that, just it's cr- it crushes you a little bit. Yeah, I've been trying to think about 
like especially with what I'm doing and like writing and putting words out there for people to read and posting pictures on my Instagram as like little as it is. Like, you know what? If somebody has something to say or unfollows me or doesn't like it or complains or whatever, like that wasn't the person I was trying to reach with what I'm doing anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And so why we can't please everybody. And I even thought this Liz at the women's empowerment event. Like out of the 55 people that were there, I probably talked to... I talked to a lot of people, but three or four specifically came up to me and was like, I took away so much from that panel of women. And I was thinking if there was one person that would have came up and said, that was the worst panel I've ever heard. Like that would have sat so deep with me and I would Mm -hmm. have thought the whole event was a failure. But then if... But then how many other women found it to be super inspirational? Not, and that didn't happen. Like nobody said that. But I'm sure there was probably one person in the audience oh, that was sure. like, eh, that wasn't what I wanted. And then we, we can't just... We can't think that way. Like it's just not going to do anything beneficial for us. So I'm trying. I'm trying to think about anytime I put something out there, how to reframe it. Yeah. yeah. You just have to like stay as positive as possible. Just yeah, keep a positive mindset. Well, I think that if anybody's struggling with creativity at all, I guess the biggest takeaway is you just start something and try something or do what whatever makes you happy. Just go with it and see what happens. Yeah. And I don't know. You'll be fine. Like nobody... <laughs> yeah. Nobody... It's all subjective anyway is the point. Like yeah, whatever exactly. you're putting out there... Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. Like, I love that that was like the not, the least profound thing I've ever said. <laughs> like, you'll be fine. Yeah. I just think that like as a creative, you shouldn't be afraid to reach out for support from people because you usually will always like get really great feedback and really good support from other creatives. So. And if you reach out to me and Liz, we will cheer you on me from the too, rooftop. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so where can our audience find you? What are the services that you offer? Do you offer um, creative services just to people in Columbus or is this all around? You say you freelance. Yeah. Um, I'm focusing on Columbus right now. And yeah, I'm freelancing. I do like all social media, platform management, content generation, media coverage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm... I'm I'm freelancing in Columbus and I work across all industries. So any kind of business or any kind of industry I like to work with. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. We'll have to go grab coffee or come shop in the store soon. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure I'll see you. I always feel like I've I've run into you a couple of times on high street, just walking around. So I'm sure I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. We hope that you really enjoyed that episode with Alexia and hopefully you either have something creative that you are going to get out in the world and try and pursue or maybe you have some new outlets and some new ways to start to spark that creativity because honestly, we all have it in us. It's just a matter of waking it up and putting it into action. So we really hope that you enjoyed that episode and please don't forget you can find us on Facebook at Finding Your Shine Podcast. That's our Facebook page. And we also have a tribe a private Facebook group, which is also Finding Your Shine Podcast Tribe. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thanks to Alexia for coming on. If you want some creativity, highly encourage you to follow her Instagram account too, because she's got lots of really cool things she posts that might help get you inspired. So so make sure you check her out. Keep living your most creative life and we will see you next week. Bye guys. Bye.